This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is that you're listening or watching to this latest episode of Turfcast Podcast with me, Joe Redmond, and my good friend, Simon Townley. How are you doing, mate? You all right? I'm very well, mate. Thank you very much for joining me on this late evening. No, you're well. Uh, it is a late evening. I've been working. I worked till half nine. Um, that's the only time I can squeeze it in this week. Um, but yeah, you've been up so much this week, mate. I know you've had a few trips to the hospital. All good? Yeah, all good. Just uh, doing a bit of a, a sprint to get some shit finished and get done. Got pins off my legs, which is good. I had a thing taken out of my artery, which is something they put in there. Oh, mate, long story, boring. And I've had my tooth done. I had your tooth done? What was wrong with it? Well, you, you might not have noticed, Joseph, but uh, since I had my fall, I lost a tooth at the front. Didn't and uh, since then, I've, I've learned to smile without using my top lip. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> and, so you uh, have to learn how to smile again now. This is why I've been talking to Sam and Marus so much because he's been sorting me out with my dentist appointment. Fair enough. Shout so, out to Sam and Marus for sorting them peggies out. Look at that. Fake that. that uh, that's a fang and half, that, isn't it? Oh, next at fang. Was oh, it next at fang? Right. Sorry. That's, I mean. that's how good it is. Tell. But yeah, buzzing with that. Because I had no tooth there, so for like months now I've been sort of like covering my mouth all the time when I was laughing and stuff. Fair enough, fair enough. Been up to much apart from that then? No, I not much No, fair enough. We're back in isolation on this side, as, as you know. You are. Um, so that's unfortunate. Um, but it is what it is. Mrs. has got COVID again. My little boy were ill, so we're adamant he had it, but they reckon kids can't get it and you can't test him anyway. But he were ill. Um, for for last week, then he took a week off nursery. Then, as he was getting over it towards the end of this week, the missus got ill, 
And then she took a test because she's a nurse, so she has to test at home. And that came up positive. And the day after, she took a test again, a proper official test down at Blackburn Hospital. That came up positive as well. So we've got COVID going around the house again. So um, I'll make sure to give the microphone a wipe down. Hopefully no one's getting, you know, COVID in the headphones. But I don't think it works like that. But the government will probably tell you it does, to be fair. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a mad week. Um, I've just done the three days in a row, four days in a row at work as well, actually. But a couple of days off now, so um, so fingers crossed. But the last day I did have off was Saturday when I did the watch along for Burnley nil, West Brom nil. See that brilliant segue, that brilliant yeah, segue. Um, but it, well, that was meant to be a day off, a day of relax, you know, a day that I could chill, a day that I could enjoy myself. But thanks to Burnley Football Club. I couldn't because of that. Well, 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 let's just Object. press it back a bit. Technically, it is the epitome of relaxing because you had nothing to get up for, nothing to worry about. It was you say nothing to worry about. Well, Talking yeah. clear of one offline. Yeah, forget about that. Chat myself. Yeah, but it was it, like you said. There wasn't very much else other than on Burnley's aspect anyway to get your heart rate raising. No, uh, and we will put a disclaimer in here now, uh, normally these podcasts, and I know I say this every week, and me and Simon will probably witter on to make it an hour, talking shark like we always do. Um, How we get it to an hour sometimes, I have no idea. I'm sure we just talk a little bit slower on some podcasts when nothing happens, but if we get an hour out of Burnley nil, West Brom nil, then we deserve a pro contract at Spotify, Spotify podcast, because that'll be an absolute miracle. Let's go. Excuse me. So, Time's up. if this if this podcast is only forty five minutes, then you know why because it's it's very very difficult to get. Should we just skip to the review in the next match. <laughs> just skip this. Yeah. A ten minute podcast there because we're not doing a big review of matches. Do right. it next match preview. Sorry, um, but yeah. Before we do get started, as you can see at the bottom of your screen, if you're watching on YouTube, we are of course sponsored by Pitch Sports. If you haven't already, please go and download the app. It is available on both Android and um apple at the app store and google play should i say and uh, it's available across the world now as well i believe well it's available in ireland anyway and that's good enough for me um so so yeah if you're not ready please download the app because like i say every week it's uh sort of like a fan hub app where you can go and chat to fans of other clubs and fans of your own club put your opinions across your lineups your predictions uh, and answer fan time questions um and there is a new one on this week from me uh, but we'll get into that later on but yeah we've mentioned it briefly um but burnley nil West Brom nil, Simon Gore, and try not to fall asleep, mate. Uh, yeah, it was a very difficult match to surmise. Um, you know, when Burnley have this sort of um, pattern at the minute where they, they start a game pretty shit, and yeah. then the other team may be on top, they may be even winning, but then you, co- you constantly think, so we'll play better in second half because we can't play any worse. Well, this was the first time ever that we actually played worse. Um we came out sort of, exp- it was, okay, I said it on the watch along and talk even said it after the game. It was like, I've forgotten they had 10 men. It was almost yeah. like we had 10 men at times. Uh, the, the hole in the defence, because we were committing forward to try and break them down, which is obviously something that we struggle with in any term, never mind when there's all of the men behind the ball. But then they, they just had that pace to deal with that counter-attack and we didn't have the pace to, to deal with uh, getting back. But, that being said, Tarky put a serious shift in, sort of like you said, clearing off the line. A couple of times he got back. There was that time where he drove, it were a one, it were 2v1, and, and, and Louts were tracking to get back because obviously he'd done the overlap on the wing. Mm. He tracked to get back. Tarky realised he were on his own, so he kind of made it so the guy had to commit to which way you're going, you're going to pass it or not, because he stood in the middle and drove him out wide. So that were, that were a let off. Poppy took the sting off that shot, then Tarky cleared it off the line. There's so much to talk about, but it's all West Brom related. Yeah, which is not good for a Burnley podcast. Um, but what we can do is, to, like you say, Tarky put a shift in. I felt like Popey put a shift in um, as well, collecting a couple of crosses and stuff. Uh, and Lawton as well. I thought Lawton had another good game. Um, I think he's been fantastic. You know, I think he started a little bit slowly, but that's not necessarily a criticism of him. I think everybody started slowly. Um, obviously, that that's proven by the results. Uh, the first eight games were absolutely shocking, um, but since then I think he's been brilliant. And it, and yeah, I thought I thought them three were the only three that can come out of that game with you know the head held high, really. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because like Jay, 
Jay's obviously the golden boy, and then we all want him to do well. There's no, there's no doubting about that. But I just think, do you know that the the ball across the line again? This is the, probably the third match in a row I've said that ball has whipped in, and another couple of inches Jay have been on it. Yeah, but no one else is. I've not, I've not heard anyone mention it, and it's just that uh, them fine margins there are what other players get criticised for. They get criticised mm. for, I'm not saying that Jay should definitely put them in, but I'm saying that we expect that from, as Burnley fans, from the other strike, strikers, and especially the combinations that we're flitting between at minute, other combinations would not get away as lightly. And let's put it this way, we're against 10 men, everybody's asking for Jay and Vids up top or whatever, and Jay couldn't break them down. And, and, and that's the be-all and end-all of it, be-all. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> it was the be all and end all of it. And and it's difficult because you want them players to start stepping up and saying, This is my position, this is my time to take the number nine or the number ten role, whatever it be that we're playing for. But we're just not seeing that creativity from up top or in the middle. No, well, that, that was my next point. Is it Jay and Vids's fault? I mean, I know back in the day, uh, and we stuck up for Barnes and Wood, Wood especially, it was their fault. It was Jay and Woods' fault, mainly Woods, uh, Chris Wood, sorry, um, and 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 Barnes. And but now, now that it's now that it's been Jay and Vids up top, which everyone was asking for. Now all of a sudden, everyone's going, "Ah, oh, well, it's the midfield." Well, it's, it's been the midfield all along, hasn't it? Like, we've yeah, not been creating anywhere near as enough chances as we need to be. Admittedly, there has been some chances where people have been sitters. You've just mentioned the two J ones. Again, you could argue that he probably wasn't meant to put them in. Um, Chris Wood missed a couple um, earlier in the season when he wasn't injured. Um, so the chances are there, but nowhere near as much as they should be. So is it a problem with the entire front six or is it a problem with the midfield? What do you think? Well, the defence is doing its job. Granted, it, it was a bit scruffy the way we did it this week. But in, in general consensus, we are actually quite solid at the back. We've got a formation back. We've, we're doing well. Uh, Tarky, Charlie Taylor's back now, so obviously he's going to get better as we go along. But... Um, it is the midfield, but dare I say it, we have no Goodmanson, no Brady. That's what that's what I'm saying, dare I say it. We have no Brady. We have actually very little creativity from the width when McNeil is meant to be the winger. Granted, I, I, I've championed him to be a number 10 instead of a, a winger, but he, um, he doesn't seem to be delivering the assists at the minute that we were craving for like what was it johnny tate said it i think it was about 70th minute and we were still yet to register a shot on goal well we didn't register one throughout the match as well is as that what it ended on yeah but he was just yeah, brought sure. on the 70th minute and i thought you know what i mean they, they've got a good keeper and we didn't even test him we didn't even give him a chance to to put a good name for himself so that we were saying how good he is before the game and, and during the game but didn't even see him no, uh, the only thing we had to see him do were, were punch a few crosses, uh, and eventually um, he learned how to catch them towards the end of the game, which is what we were criticising him for. Yeah, when he realised that no one's actually going to challenge him anyway, so might as well catch yeah. him. But it's interesting that you mentioned Dwight because let, let's pull no punches here. Dwight has been absolutely shocking this season. It, there's been a few good games, you know. I'm, I'm not a massive fan of slagging players off, especially young players. Uh, maybe we've put. Not on the podcast, anyway. Maybe, 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 maybe we've put too much pressure like, as a club on him. Maybe we've maybe put too much pressure as a club on him as him being like the most creative player, and and that's where all our chances sort of like, need to come from. Um, but he has been poor this season. There's been a few good games. We can count them on one hand. Liverpool, where he played well there. Um, if I remember rightly, yeah, uh, Palace as well. Palace away, but we've all played well there again. Um, but um, I don't know if you follow Burnley Burnley Analytic on uh, on Twitter. Um, it's an account run by sort of like an analytic expert. I, I don't know if he calls himself an expert, someone who's into analytics. And um, he created, or she, I don't know if it's a, a, a man or a woman, to be fair, uh, created uh, loads of sort of like graphics, as they do for every game. It's just sort of like the, the average position of the player uh, and the average position of the shape and, and, and the average passes where they were going. And... It, it, the majority of the game against West Brom, Jay was actually playing in in, in that number ten role. It was playing a little bit behind uh, the front two. But I think, yeah, a lot of us have championed Dwight for it. Sorry, I meant Dwight, not Jay. Um, a lot of us have championed Dwight for it. But I think it was a wrong game to do it in. Like they've gone down to ten men. That the best the best thing to do would to, would be to get the ball out out wide and stretch them. So is is that sort of like uh, yeah? Well, I was going to say is it sort of like 
tactical failings from Dyche. I don't know if that's a correct no, term to yeah. use or what, but um, it, or, or is it or is it just just why it were naturally coming in or or, or what? But it's interesting that you know, a lot of us wanted it, and he did it there for West Brom, and and he, and he looked poor. Well, this is my point, you see. So I'm championing for number ten. I still think he's a he's a brilliant number ten for us. Someone there that creativity in the middle to to drive the ball either side rather than just being committed to one side because teams just isolate him and then and then he's struggling. Yeah. But because what my point were because we didn't have the wide men of Brady and Gunnarsson, there was literally just one focal point. It was you stop Dwight from being able to play the ball through and you stop any sort of shot. You know, we were we were delivering. We didn't even get to deliver crosses as much as we usually do. You know what I mean? There were no like Westy weren't dropping back and, and whipping them in because he we, we were that determined of we've got ten men against us now. We need to get in. And with Dwight, I do think he should play in that position. But if you're asking me if it's a defensive, uh, sorry, an attacking uh, mistake by Dash, I, I don't even think he'll have had a lot to do with it. I think that's naturally what Jay would have done in the game because he was always left at the beginning. And then I think he just drifts in because he wants the ball. He's demanding the ball, but he's not getting it. So he's having to come in and surround it. Yeah, fair enough then. Well, let's talk about Mumbongo as well. Now, again, I don't want to criticise. I don't want to... Because it's another attacking option, obviously. That's why. That's the, clearly the, the segue there. Um, because everyone keeps saying that, you know, it should have been Jay. That now everyone started saying, like, shit, it should be Vids. And now, now that has it works as well. I was like, get Mumbongo on. But that's that just seems to be another option that, that isn't working. And again, he is only young. I don't think he should be anywhere near the first team. I think the board have sort of like, not failed him, but he should be on loan at a, a championship club or, or a League One club, getting experience. He shouldn't be on a, on a Premier League bench and coming on for 10 minutes here and not getting a sniff in a game. That's where he should be. And if we had some depth, he probably would be out on loan at, at another club. But... Another game where Mumbongo come on, and again, it does look fast. But so far, it does look like that all that all. Excuse me, that's all he has. But again, it, ten fifteen minutes, whatever it were, is not really much chance to get into the game, is there? I don't. Yeah, like this game. There's two parts to this answer. Right? Initially, there is no reason for that kind of player to get into the West Brom game. Granted, you know we haven't got any other options, so throw him in. That's fine. But yes. my point is, he's the kind of player that you want running in behind teams. He's not the player that you want to get the ball and have to run yeah. through two or three players. Just from his physique, I, we haven't seen enough of him to even judge him yet, but just from his physique and what little I have seen of him, his ball control is something to be questioned at the minute. I'm not going to lie. He reminds me of uh, Akin Bailly's trampoline foot. But yeah. uh, he is similar sort of player to... So you like your Andre, where you want to run him down the channels, you want the ball in, and you want him to power through and and keep hold of the ball for you. But West Brom sat in their box defensively, so he ain't going to get that opportunity. The second part of that, um, the answer of Mumbongo is you are you are bang on, mate. He shouldn't be necessarily playing these games. But what I do like about him is the sort of gratitude. Looking from his social media, I've never met the guy. Uh, but looking from his social media channels is the gratitude he has towards playing. Now, you do want your players to be buzzing and getting on there and showing that they they are grateful to doing it. But like you said, he's been hung out to dry a little bit because he probably needs a little bit more in the championship. Yeah, he needs more experience, definitely. Um, two big decisions in uh, the game, one that went our way, one that didn't. Um, let's discuss them then, uh, simply because we've, we've done the game pretty much now. That's, that's all there is to say. Um, but the first one, Amball, red card, Thomas, I can't remember it were, private joke, uh, red card, uh, I can't remember the player that got sent off off the top of my head was, um, but we all know the decision, it falls to Vidro, he tries to flick it round him, uh, hits the guy's arm, uh, and then he gets, he gets sent off. There are a few mixed, a lot of Burnley fans are saying red, I think it's a red, he's the last man. Um, a lot of mixed people on new, on the neutral side of things. I think one of the commentators was it Jamie Redknapp? I can't remember on uh, on a different game where they sort of like wrapping it up. Uh, said if that's a red card, I might as well give up. I might as well give up now. But he's the last man, and he, and he stops him getting clean through on goal. Whether it's intentional or not, intent has now been taken out of the game. So it, I don't see what the argument is here. It's a red card. It's difficult for the defender in his defence to do anything else in that situation. He's running towards the ball. He knows he has to stop the ball. And it's not that he's gone to stop it intentionally with his hand, but if he does not stop that ball with his hand, then Vidro is through for a one-on-one, which defies a goal-scoring opportunity. Exactly. Uh, defines. And and if he doesn't 
have that opportunity because of a handball, then what is the referee's decision? It has to be a red. There's no doubt about it for me. But I understand what Jamie's saying. It's an unintentional handball. But are you, there's no chance in this world that 9 out of 10 of the handballs I see that are given penalties for, the players thought, I'll touch this with my hand because I might get away with it. None of them have thought that. They've just jumped yeah. where they're in an unnatural position as it's defined in the rule book. And they have jumped and it has hit their hands. Now, all of them would say, I wish I'd have put my hands down now because none of them meant to hit their hands. So you can't argue the toss of if that's handball, then I give up because none of them intentionally, in my mind, would nine out of ten of them anyway, would intentionally go to handball that ball uh, in that scenario. Fast forward to the next part of your question, which you're going to ask in a second, I imagine. Well, yeah, but what I will say is that the intent part of it, as I said, it's irrelevant these days, isn't it? Like yeah. Jamie can say that until he's blue in the face. It, it, the intent has been taken out of the game. It's whether or not your arm's in an unnatural position. And if that arm then stops to a goal-scoring opportunity or whatever. But it stopped a goal-scoring opportunity is my argument. Yeah. I think the running motion is quite natural when I watched it back three or four times. But then the argument now is the next one. Is it yeah, well, the next one, who was it? Carl Bartley? I think this one was. It's weird that I remember that one, but not the other one. Um, again, I can't remember which burn, but it was poked towards goal. Um, and Bartley's got his arm away from his body this time. He isn't running. He's stood still. I think he's jockeying in position a little bit. But now his arms extend. His arm even moves towards the ball. And if both arms are moving towards the ball, you could argue we're trying to get his balance or whatever. But it's the fact that the one arm goes towards the ball. Admittedly, again, I don't think he's done it intentionally. I just think his body's done it naturally to hit it. But they're exactly the same. If anything, I think that one's more of a handball than the other one. It should have been a penalty. But I'm not going to sit here and say that's why we didn't win the game because we didn't win the game because we were absolutely shite. So I'm not going to sit here and, and just say, oh, we should have won the game because of the pen. But we should have had a penalty. We do very well on this podcast to not bring VAR into every single week. When I listen, we used to when it first started, didn't we? Yeah. I remember we saying, "Shit, tell it week VAR again." I'm sick of it. And that um, was like, but, yeah. season one, though, weren't it? And then now yeah. we're in season two. We we barely mention it, and we do well not to. When you listen to other channels and you listen to talk sports and the like, and it's a common theme every single day. But for once, I don't understand it again. In for once, sorry, but well, for a few times. But we have to discuss this one because the referee got to told. Go and look at this. It's a red card. The referee had not stopped the game on the red card offence. He had not stopped yeah. the game. VAR said, you know what? You might want to look at this. But So the VAR made the decision that that's a red card in their eyes. Referee, go and have a look at it. He's confirmed. Actually, yeah, go on, red card. Perfect play. Perfect VAR play. The referee can't be expected to see everything, but he can be expected to deal with what he can see. And the VAR is, a, is an option to deal with it. The second part of the, this one, when the handballs hit him, it's unnatural because his arms are in a penalty area. He's not running yeah. like the other guy, where it's just a constant pattern of running and it's hit his hand. These guys stood there thinking, making himself as big as possible. It's hit his hand. It's a stormwall penalty. VAR, don't even look at it. Now, whose fault is that? Is that the referee's fault for not seeing it first hand? Or is that, oh, should we... It's a, it's a mixture of all for me. Whoever it was at Stockley Park should have seen it. Mike Dean should have seen it. it, it I, I don't know if Mike Dean's view was obstructed or anything, but... Yeah. It, it, it was that obvious when we saw it. I, I remember I shouted and ball on the watch along. It, yeah. But it, I don't understand. It's exactly exactly the same as the other one. How could it more so of an and ball than the other one? I don't know how you can give one and not the other. Vidra reacted in uh, on the first instance of the red card. He reacted. I didn't see many others react as well, as much as Vidra did. Anyway, not none of them did. And then the corner one. Oh, well, it's not corner. But when it's crossed it in, sorry, and it's hit him and it's hit Bartley. Everyone reacted to that. Everyone thought, this is it. We've got it. We've got the penalty. We've got the breakthrough, and myself included. So how he's not been looked at is my question. I'm not saying it's, it's you know, fair enough. If you decide that that watching it back, one's a red and one's not, but how can you not give the referee the tools to do his job in that game? You've done it once, so why not continue that trend? Mike Dean gets a lot of shit and, and, and unnecessary shit on Twitter with death threats and shouts and all that, like, which is ridiculous, but... He, he was given an option and then the option was taken away from him on the second one. I don't understand it and that's VAR's fault. Yeah, I agree with that. We should have had a penalty for me, but I'm not going to use it as an excuse. We didn't win the game um, because we were shite, basically, not because we didn't get that penalty. Um, but I know you mentioned it briefly. Um, you've said that um, Tarky sort of like said at the end of the game you know, he wasn't happy with the performance. And I just want to highlight that and talk about what he said because <clears throat> I did tweet it out. 
Uh, he said after the match, uh, that's the worst I have seen us play in a while. You would have uh, thought that it was us that had 10 men. So we take the point at the end of the day. Uh, we have a very thin squad at the moment, but that is no excuse. The amount of times we gave the ball away, we were just not good enough. So, normally, Dyche especially, I mean, I know it's his job and he protects the players, so I'm not criticising him for it, but Dyche especially comes out and thinks of an excuse, and, you know, he'll just throw it out there, generic Dyche excuse, he's got a few of them. Um, but it was good to see, because Dyche did criticise the player, but he also protected him at the same time and saying, look, I've asked a lot of these players, but they weren't good enough. But it's good to see him and Torque both come out and, and criticise uh, the performance, because they need they, they need to be aware that that wasn't good enough. And I, even though they're obviously the humans they'll have opinions and stuff I know that sometimes they hide behind their answers but it's good to it's see not, that yeah. this time that they weren't hiding behind their answers or saying how they really felt no yeah it's refreshing and it's exciting to see it because you think right well come on then they've acknowledged it now it's about how, do you, how are you going to deal with it how are we going to bounce back from this because yeah it was a piss poor performance but I'm not expecting Berlin to put 38 shifts in that have top quality performance it's not it, even City had a shit start to the season but yeah. acknowledgement is all most fans would ask for. If you said to me, "Listen, we've been shit. We're getting relegated," and the fans and the managers come out and the players come out and said, "We've been shit. We've done this. We should have done this." <clears throat> move forward from it. You will shut a lot of haters up. But let's see what happens. And you know what? He showed a real leadership quality there and a captain's role. Where I know he's been getting the band a few uh, when Ben Mee's been out, but he's uh, he showed a real leadership there. Yeah, definitely. It's good to see. Um, what we'll do now, we'll go to the fan reaction. I think it's um, we've done amazing to get to 20 minutes talking about that game. Uh, honestly, I really do. I think I think there wasn't 20 minutes worth of action in there, um, let, let alone 20 minutes worth of, uh, of stuff to talk about. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to go to the fan reaction. And of course, we ask for this every single week. Um, it's a fan reaction where I ask you, the listeners, to send me your reactions to uh, the game. <clears throat> and here's what the fans thoughts of the West Brom home draw. Is it a good morning, Martin? Uh, judging by your nose attire, I'd say not. What was all that about? Oh, my God. <laughs> I just... I'm glad. I'm glad that you had some Glenfiddich in the house because oh. that has is, that is taken the edge off what was a, a dreadful, oh. dreadful 90 minutes of football. We had... Just... I, I, I'm struggling to process that game and how bad that was. Ah, uh, just, just. I'm lost for words. <laughs> I'm lost for words as I mean, well. Can, I, can we go to the? I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of some bright spots. Uh, oh, oh no, uh, the best one. Uh, that the, what was his name? The uh, ref, Mike, Mike, Dean. Mike Dean. Yeah, he blew the whistle at the end. That was good. Yeah. Oh, thank God. That was brilliant. Yeah, I thought the way he blew the whistle was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. we'll drink to Mike D uh, for that one, for putting us all out of our misery. And to be to be honest, actually, Pope had a good game. Pope had a good no game. No silliness there. Uh, Tarky was okay. Yeah. But, uh, but, my God, we we couldn't pass water. We couldn't pass water. Martin, if any of those players had gone into um, a Bangkok brothel with a crisp $100 note stapled to their bell ends, they still couldn't score. Oh, they come out with $200 on their dick. <laughs> we just never looked like scoring. Oh. We, um, we, the passing was atrocious. Uh, it was like they never played together. Oh, it was there abysmal. was balls going out. There was balls being hit long. They were, they were like hitting it to each other and then not. It was just, it was just a shambles from start yeah. to finish. Uh, I mean, anyway, with that low point, <laughs> we got a point which I'm quite grateful for. And it took two points. Of, I mean, West Brom should have won it. And we took two points away from them. So we kept the gap between us and them the same. Uh, yeah, it looks like Fulham are going to win, though. So Fulham are going to close yeah. the gap. Um, Newcastle look like they're in trouble. So thankfully, you know, yeah. they are going to... Hopefully. But it looks like it could be a battle between Newcastle and Fulham for that last place. Um, oh, no, I think Fulham will stay up, uh, actually. We'll, make, we'll work their way out of it. And that'll be... Uh, one, you know, one of the next five or six uh, that will uh, end up joining uh, West Brom and uh, Sheffield United. That's my pick. We need some more whiskey, mate. Yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, anyway, the guys get a week off now, so uh, you know we heard from the manager, and the excuses were that they're tired and all this kind of stuff, no mental sharpness. So there shouldn't be any excuses next week. Yeah. Okay. Well. Let's put that one. Let's forget about that one and move on. Yeah. All right. Love <laughs> the, the clarets. Bye, mate. Bye.
Evening Clarets, uh, West Brom, post-match. Um, how to react to that, my God. I wasn't going to do one because I'm not really sure how you react to something with very little happened. Abysmal performance. Um, result, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's still a point looking at it positively, which I tried to do. Um, but it should have been six points over the last two games, especially coming off the back of the uh, Palace away. You know, I thought that was going to have the same impact that Leicester did last year, where, you know, uh, beat them and go on a good run um, to the end of the season. And certainly the performance at Palace suggested that. And then Fulham was a bit of a regression from that. And then today has been a further regression from that. Um, that's what's worrying for me is the performances are, seem to be going backwards a little bit. Um, and I get it because, I mean, if anything, that bench showed how weak and threadbare the squad is. We already knew that, but it sort of, um, pointed it out to us, didn't it? Really. Um, so what can Dash do with that? You know, he's got no. There's no one on the bench can come on and make a positive impact on the game. Um, can't change the system. Not that he ever does, but he couldn't do anyway. I mean, I think everyone could predict that starting eleven. Um, every week we know who it's going to be. Um, Barnes has got injured. On top of that, Goodmanson, Brady. You know. Um, so we have got these injuries, and I haven't seen any any post match from uh, from Dyche, but I know he's going to say something like tiredness, number of games, thin squad. It's all true, but as a club, so it's not just his fault. But as a club, this shouldn't have been addressed. It should have been identified early that the squad is thin, and it should have been dealt with, and it hasn't been, which is obviously for me the cause of this. Um, I just hope it's not a mid season slump. I hope that this uh, regression gets dealt with and nips in the bud. I don't think we're in danger of going down. Um, but for me, it was a bit concerning because West Brom looks like they were the ones that weren't in the relegation zones and we were. Um, and it shouldn't have been that way. Um, so hopefully this regression can be addressed before it becomes an issue because it could be. Um, and we come out fighting over the next few weeks because uh, it's been a bit poor last two games. Um Two points from from two easily winnable matches for me. Um, not quite good enough. Hi folks, well what can we say about the West Brom game? Absolutely awful. Worst performance all season. We'll never play worse. You know, I appreciate the conditions were shocking. And we were up against a team that defend well and stuff and well organised. But we, the, some of our passing was atrocious. Um, we have got a long injury list and that's got to be taken into consideration. Uh, we've just got to pick ourselves up and go for Tottenham. <laughs> nice. It's going to be it's going to be a battle. But um, we've just got to give it our best shot and hope for the best. But I think we're looking over our shoulder a bit now. We've fallen on the march bit so we need to keep picking up points uh, I thought we defended quite well but our passing was atrocious something we need to work on in training and stuff um, but yeah I think it was a case of you know too many games it's caught with a lot of them a lot of injuries not making excuses but it's just what it is it's just we just got to go again for the next game Um See what happens. Um, you know, just just need to sh show more composure in the ball. Um, I do think we should have had a penalty. Uh, you know, because if gave a, you know, it's the same rules as the red card that was given. His arm was out. It was the same with that penalty. So for me, that was a penalty. So yeah, we were lucky in that sense. But on the balance of the game. Could argue we're lucky to get a point because West Brom had the better chances. We go again, and let's let's hope for a better result next time. Thanks, guys. See ya. Hey, Clarence, how we doing? Anti football, eh? Whew, no deal. I tell you what, normally I give it a bit of time, you know, after game and uh, calm down and gather my thoughts, but. This is straight after that game, and as you can probably tell, 
I'll be telling me bigger than Oh, Jesus Christ, what a shower of shit that were! Eh? Oh, bloody disgusting with that performance! the fan reaction um thanks again to everybody for sending their reactions in and as usual if you want to get involved you can we are always looking for more people to get involved especially now that kieran has uh, started doing watch along so we've lost somebody for the fan reaction uh, and neil does watch alongs every now and then as well um so if neil gets back on the watch alongs then we could be screwed um so if you want to send some uh, some fan reactions in please do we're always looking for more people um to get involved now what i want to do is what I usually do at this point, to be fair, is talk about my fan time question from Pitch Sports. Because this week, um, I've uploaded one uh, and it's ready It's ready there now. So if you want to pause the podcast, go over to Pitch Sports uh, and, and answer the question. We will read them out on next week's podcast. So I'm going to try and get it again because now that there's not some games, in fact, I think there is next week, isn't there? I think we're playing Leicester on Wednesday, so I'm talking shit. I like to get the fan time question in on Wednesday so that I can promote it on the podcast on Wednesday night. Then you lot can all answer it on Thursday. Then I can go back to it next week and keep the cycle going. Uh, but recently, they've been a little bit all over the place because there's been some games on Wednesday and stuff like that. So it seems a bit silly to, to send a question in before a game 
um, for then uh, something different to happen in the game. And then, you know, there could be a really big talking point in that game. So that's what I want to do. Uh, but then I think Leicester next week is Wednesday, so it's, I probably won't send it till... It's what, sorry? 6 p.m. Wednesday. Yeah, so I probably won't send send next week's till about Thursday. Um, but we, we might even do the podcast next week on um, Tuesday and put it out Wednesday. But as usual, if, we might not. Just follow us on social media and, I, and I'll put the link out as and when as and when we uh, we do we do put it out. But this week, uh, the question is up, as I've said, and this week I'll ask Simon the question now to get his um, natural... He's on his phone, so I reckon he's, he's quickly no, trying to find out what the question is. Um, because he don't like it when I throw him under the bus, but I, th- I, I like the natural answer. Um, so my question this week is, are you happy with Burnley's points tally from their last three games? Of course, the Crystal Palace game won, so that's three points. Fulham game drew, so that's four points. West Brom game drew, that's five points. Now, the argument here could be, well, we didn't lose any of the games and we didn't lose against the sides that are, uh, are around us, so none of them have caught any ground on us, really. Uh, well, they have, because Fulham ended up beating Sheffield United. Um, but against us, they haven't. Uh, so we have kept them at bay a little bit, especially West Brom. Uh, but, of course, we haven't pulled away either, so um, I could see the argument for both here. But, Simon, are you happy or disappointed or middling um, with the points from the last three games? I'm going to say I'm happy with it, and the reason for that is because very interesting. The the reason for that is because if you'd have asked me them three games prior to it, I know we had a couple of results. Don't get me wrong, but you know overall, I'd have thought I want two home wins, and yeah. I took a Crystal Palace defeat, which is only one point more than what we've come out with. Now, yeah, it was ugly. It wasn't exciting um, for the for the two home games, but we got a, the magnitude of the away win prior to that was actually really impressive and I think ultimately I would have definitely said to you I want six points from them three games um yeah. wouldn't have expected a win at Palace maybe seven if I'm pushing it but I definitely expected six and we've got five so yeah I'm overall I'm quite happy with that yeah see I, I agree with you in a sense of I'm not I won't say I'm happy with it I, before I put that out there now I'm disappointed with it but I agree with you in the fact that I wanted minimum six points we didn't achieve that so in my head we, we haven't achieved what we what we what we sent what we went out to do um so uh, I'm happy that we haven't lost any of them of course but we, we should we should have minimum six points for me what's that confused face for I've got a flashback of some conversation where you said if we I said we will win all three, all six. Yeah, I remember saying that we will win all three games. But relegated is your words. No, I said, if I, if what did I say? If I, I'm sure you said if we don't get six points or whatever points you said, we'll get relegated. We need to go back and watch it. Listen to that episode. We can do. I don't think I said relegated. Um, but I, 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 I remember saying we will win. I said we. I think my prediction was we will win all three. And especially when we beat Palace, I was confident that was going to come true. But then we, we after the sublime, we went to the ridiculous and put in the shit performances against the teams where you would have thought we'd have been been better against. But we weren't. We weren't good enough against them. Um, but at least we didn't lose them, especially the Fulham game, because Fulham, especially now, we're breathing down our necks. But I, I think six points was a minimum, and we, and we didn't get that. Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'm happy with five. Wanted six. Expected six almost. Um, but... Regular listeners, regular watchers, viewers, whatever we want to call you, whatever platform you're listening on. If fans. You remember, fans, yeah, that'll do. Uh, Tev Castians. If you remember uh, what, what he said, put it in the comments below or send me a DM because I'm adamant he said we'd get relegated or something really dramatic. I might have done, I might have done it for effect. <laughs> I, can't remember. I, might, I might have gone full Adrian Durham. Um, so basically yeah. I turned into a wanker. Um, but, uh, yeah, but that's it. Like I said, the family action, family action, the pitch sport question, the fan time, um, is on the pitch sport app now. If you haven't already, please go and download it. Simon's doing a wonderful modeling job now. It's available on the app store and the Google play store. Um, right next up then, and we'll have a quick brief chat here about the Tottenham game before we wrap it all up. Um, it is of course Tottenham this Sunday. Um, first things first, are you busy or are you free for a watch along? I think I'm free. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've got anything on. I'll let you know if there's changes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so that's good news. Well, the watch along's on anyway because I'm not working. I'll, I'll do it on my own if I have to. Um, uh, so the watch along will be on. So if you're a watch along fan, please come over to the watch along at, at five minutes before kickoff, whatever the kickoff time is on Sunday against Spurs. Now, Spurs are in action tonight. Um, all right, they're in action against a bunch of dinner ladies, uh, Wolfsburger, AC. Um, and I think they won quite comfortably. But they'll have been focusing on that game all week. And I know we say this a lot, and a lot of times, especially when they're at home, 
Um, it doesn't really have too much of an effect on them. But it, we haven't played since Saturday. They played at the time of recording this tonight, so Wednesday. So it's, it's going to have a bit of an effect on them, hasn't it? Yeah, massively, mate. I'm just looking now. Um, Joe Hart, uh, Aldevaro, Ben Davies, Eric Dyer, Dorothy, Sissoko, Lamella, Ali. Ali, by the way, one goal, two assists, start of the game. Fair enough, fair play. Hopefully yeah. they'll play against us then. Uh, Bergwijn, Winks and Vinicius. Um, now, yeah, so they, they've made a lot of changes, to be fair, but all week they'll have been preparing for that game. What's that? Gareth Bale didn't even start. He come off bench, scored as well. It's because it, it's because he played so well last week, isn't it? So I think I think I remember seeing that at work today. I think what's happened there is Jose's thought he's played really well in his last game. He deserves a start now, but I think he's going to start him in the Premier League rather than the Europa League. So he'll probably start against us. Yeah, probably. Um, so looking at the team they've played, relatively strong. Yeah, a few changes in there, but there is definitely some first team in there. They, they've put a shift in. They've won eight one on aggregate, four nil on the night. Um, does that have a mental effect? How many times in history, not just in this current season where we're playing back-to-back games anyway, how many times do you hear us, do big clubs go to Europa on Thursday and lose on Sunday? It's not unseen, it's not unheard of, it's quite common back in the day. Um, possibly even better in our favour now um, because of the midweek game, the lack of uh, rest that they have all season, never mind just now. Um, and we have, for once, had a big decent week of uh, no footy so yeah. does it have an impact I think it will yeah but hopefully it's enough of an impact to get a result yeah see I, I'm, I'll be honest I'm not harbouring any hopes of, of a result here I think I know Tottenham have been out of form so a few people will look at it and say like we're being um, negative and stuff but I think, I think the fact that the fact that Tottenham have been so out of form will, will work in our uh, not in our favour sorry I think it's a perfect chance for them. They'll see it as a perfect chance to sort of get the swagger back, to get a win, um, you know, to, to, to get points on the board again and to get back doing, playing how they want. So I, I'm not really arboring any hopes for this and, and I think it could be a bit of a tough afternoon. Yeah, massively tough afternoon. It, let's put it this way, mate. Even if they start what is their reserves, that's Gareth Bale, mate. And and with, he's on loan from Madrid and, and granted he's not having the whirlwind approach to the second spell at Tottenham that everyone expected, but he is quality and I don't think he's been played in the right games and if you ask me if I'm a Spurs fan I don't even think Burnley's the right game for him he needs to be playing where you can get him behind and run at people and you're not not necessarily going to get that many opportunities to do that against a club like us that sit back so can we handle Bale possibly yeah I think we can but he's uh he's still not to be taken lightly and they've got Kane on Son and that's if Bale plays mate because they're, they're, they're big fans of uh, Lucas at the minute aren't they more Exactly, they've just got so many options at the minute, and a lot of them haven't played tonight against you know the dinner ladies Wolfsburger. So um, there could be a lot of fresh legs uh, for Spurs on Sunday, and, and a big chance, like I said, that they'll see um, to 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 get their form back. But anyway, we'll wrap it up with some predictions. What are you thinking for for Sunday? I know you don't like predicting a defeat after everything you've just said. No, uh, I'm going to go for one nil to the Clarets. I'm going to nick a goal and hold on. Hopefully, Chris Woods back in the frame as well. <laughs> Well, fingers crossed because um, not much has been said about his injury, and I'm sort of like getting a bit worried about that now. This is again, this is nothing that we know um, or nothing that I, we've been told. I, what I, what I, I know it's a pattern with Dyche, and if he doesn't talk about an injury in the press, it tends to mean that it's quite bad, um, or, or, or you know, it's longer than we originally thought. Yeah. Um, and I seem to remember when he first got injured, he went, oh, you know, it's a couple of weeks. It's just a knock. And it's been about a month, I think, already. So he's already over that. And we're still not hearing anything about him. The press conference is tomorrow or today, if you listen to this on Thursday. So fingers crossed. But well, usually is. With the game being on Sunday, they might push it to Friday, to be fair. But the press conference hasn't been on yet. So fingers crossed, Borden or James or, or, or whatever um, asks um, Jones as well. I was thinking of Andy Jones then. Sorry, Andy. Um Asks about Chris Wood because if you're listening, I know Alex listens to the podcast. So, Alex, if you're listening, ask him about Chris Wood, mate. We need an update on Chris Wood. Will Chris Wood be back uh, for the game at Spurs? He likes a goal against Spurs, does Chris Wood? Um, but my prediction again, I don't want to do sort of like good cop, bad cop, but uh, Simon thinks we're going to get beat. He just doesn't say it. I think we're going to get beat, and, and I'm going to say it. I, I think, I think 2 0 Spurs are sort of like. Comfortable run-of-the-mill win for them. I think they'll, they'll come at us, try and get an early goal, whether they get one or not. If they get one, the floodgates could open again, as it, as it did a few years ago. Um, 
couple of years ago, actually. It tends to, it's opened quite a few times uh, at Spurs, to be fair. Um, but I, I, no, I'm going 2 0 Spurs. I'm going 2 0 Spurs. One I don't think I, we've got no creativity. If we have Chris Wood back, we'd have a chance on set pieces. Um, but we'd have to keep it tight. And we are capable of keeping it tight, don't get me wrong, but we're not capable of creating anything. So we need Chris Wood back to have a chance at set pieces because with, with Mumbongo, because I've heard that Jay could be injured. That's just a rumour on Twitter. I've not seen any, any anyone report it. But that is just a rumour on Twitter that Jay could be injured. So it could even be Mumbongo and Vidra up front. And if that's the case, then we might as well pack up and go on now because we're not gonna we're not gonna create anything because we don't create anything through the midfield and we're not gonna do anything with set pieces. Uh, fingers crossed I'm a bit more positive on Sunday on the watch along though, because that were pretty negative. But after the performance against West Brom, uh what can you expect? Uh, what can you expect from me? Uh, but that's it then, unless there's anything you want to add, Simon. No, thank you very much. You know, let's say let's review it next week and see what we get. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll, we will be back next week. Whether we release it Thursday morning or Wednesday morning is remains to be seen. Um, what I will do, if you're watching on YouTube, you can now see all our social medias at the bottom. Uh, so if you do want to keep up to date when the latest podcast is being released, just follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or of course YouTube, and everything will be on there as well. Got a question? For me or for the listeners? For you. Go on. Have you got a scar sorted? It's coming. It was meant to come on Tuesday. It went, no, it was meant to come on Tuesday. But I'm not, I'll, I'll tell you off air, it couldn't come on Tuesday for a very specific reason. I don't want to release personal details of the aerial man because it were a family situation. Uh, so he couldn't He couldn't come on Tuesday. But he said he's rearranged it um, for Friday. So whether it comes on Friday, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Um, you'll know, you'll, you'll know... You'll know because I'll, I'll send you a picture of this guardish. Can't wait. But, um, but yeah. Fingers crossed I have it for the watch along on Sunday. If not, we'll just do it with our perfectly legal streaming device. Um, and, yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening slash watching, and we'll see you another time. Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.